Blog Talk Radio. It's May 5th, 2018. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Okay, announcements. First announcement, Team Working for a Living supports Medicare for everyone in the United States. Announcement two, we reiterate that workers at the moving company Two Men in a Truck based in Lansing, Michigan, have announced their drive to join the Teamsters. Best of luck to all of you in this endeavor. Announcement three, May Day rallies around the nation were a resounding success, and the world, actually. Announcement four, the fire that occurred this past week at an Eaton Rapids, Michigan magnesium plant where two were injured. Uh, Those two are uh, reported to be recovering, and the plant officials have given no cause for the fire. Announcement number five, a member was injured at the Flat Rock Assembly Plant, otherwise known as FRAP. Uh, no word on their condition at this writing. Uh, we may have an update during the show. Announcement six, sadly, Honeywell plans to cut health care for 4,700 retirees. You know, I want to take a second and let everybody know that corporations have a Me Too clause in all of their stuff. So let's keep an eye out for this sort of thing. And let's see what we can do to try and help those Honeywell retirees. 4,700 people, men and women, members of the UAW, are losing their health care. And countless others have been written out of health care programs in retirement. And we allowed that to happen in 2007, continue in 10, continue in, 13, in 15, and on and on and on between the constitutional conventions and the bargaining agreements, bargaining conventions. We've allowed this to occur, and it's time for it to stop. And there's only one way for it to stop. And that's get rid of the people allowed it to occur. Those that allowed it to occur have got to be replaced. Announcement number seven. Or it's going to continue, brothers and sisters. I mean, it's that simple. If you want it to continue, keep putting the same damn people back in there. Announcement number seven. Cinco de Mayo was a wonderful celebration around the, around North America yesterday. A lot of fun was had. I was able to meet with and see a lot of friends and talk with a lot of friends myself as I am very involved in the local Hispanic community and have been for decades. It was nice to see everybody that I was able to see. Announcement number eight. It was reported this week that UAW leaders are struggling with credibility issues in the wake of scandal. Isn't it any wonder 
that they're under FBI scrutiny and investigation. It came out here two weeks ago on this show that they at least one sitting member of the International Executive Board, the president, receiving monies beyond what's approved by the UAW Constitution from a labor education training corporation, a labor education initiative that is domiciled at Region 9, UAW. In the auspices of the Constitution of the UAW, receiving extra money. Um, we received hundreds, I'm on to email now, we received hundreds of email this past week, literally hundreds, you know, I mean, just just amazing about the uh, epiphany of the UAW Constitution, and it was an epiphany to me as well, and Jeff brought it up during his series, and we all owed Jeff a big thank, thank you, and, and most of the people that wrote in did exactly that, thank Jeff for doing his series and bringing this out, this little-known thing, even to people that, that, you know, pride themselves on knowing the Constitution quite well, including me, I didn't know this was in there or what it meant until we actually saw it and and it came to light about work permits. And we got hundreds of emails and messages on this matter right here. A lot of them from the temporaries themselves saying, wow, there might be an answer. Yeah, there might be an answer, but it's going to be a long, protracted answer. But we'll deal with it if we can. But this was on the matter that work permits may not be issued more than three consecutive months. They're, they're issued by month, renewed at the end of each month, and may not be uh, issued more than three consecutive months. That's why the old 90-day summer vacation replacement, they would get work permit to come in because they're not a regular member. They're a temporary worker. And, of course, we have all these temporary workers, you know, 20 and 25% of the workforce now, temporary workforce workers. It's just amazing. So we got a lot of email. I, I just, I, I opened that up and I'm going, oh, my God. God, look at this outpouring from the membership. Thank you, each and every one of you. And if you really, really want change and want this implemented, you'll you'll support people that are supporting you. And I think you know who that is. So thanks to those. Uh, I, I want to do the quote and... Um, See the switchboard's filling up here already. Uh, I'm going to use the uh, go to the quote now. Again, thank you for everybody for writing those in. That was just amazing. Um, here's the, this week's quote: "I am opposing a social order in which it is possible for one man who does absolutely nothing that is useful to amass a fortune 
of hundreds of millions of dollars, while millions of men and women who work all the days of their lives secure barely enough for a wretched existence. And that was Eugene V. Debs that said that. Leaning socialist, but you know, you you got to have balance in this world. It can't. You know, we talk about capital and labor and the resulting when they marry up with one another. Enterprise comes out of that, and it has to be reasonably fairly balanced, where both parties benefit, and that's been gone since the advent of the Powell Memorandum and its implementation in the early 80s and just absolute death grip on the control of the workforce ever since in a spiral that's a downward spiral. So having said that, uh, please let me bring on uh, Jeff Brown to the show. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? I'm good, Leroy. How are you? Uh, pretty, pretty good. You know, it's been a busy week. I had a lot of stuff going on, and one of my, jeez, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, that was a 28-hour day in the middle of the week, and a wreck the next couple of days for me. I didn't get not a lot. Uh, uh, although, you know, in, in my world, not a lot is a lot to a lot of other people. So. Yeah, we were up and around, did a lot yesterday, and uh, but that, uh, that over that 28 hours that ended uh, Friday morning about 10 o'clock, that, that was a long day. Uh, so, um, yeah, Friday was, was done, and then I got around, done some, did some uh, personal stuff, cleaned up the yard after the windstorm we had on Friday, and, and uh, just, you know, did some laundry, things you, most people do on Saturdays. So. Busy day Saturday too, even though it sounded like I didn't get a lot done. But you, uh, how are you doing down in your neck of the woods there? We had a pretty decent day here today, a little overcast, got a little chilly up until about noon, one o'clock. Though, so uh, we had a big uh, thunderstorm pass through about three hours ago. We have some people down here who are still without power from Friday night. I'm supposed to get it in the power back up around 11 o'clock tonight. Um, on the temporary workers, I got word uh, that some of our temporary workers at Ford are overpaying their um, union dues. These are the people who work three days a week. So if you are a temporary worker in Ford Motor Company, please check it out. Um... Let me see. Uh, yeah, so check out how much your union dues are taking. You're taking out way too much on some of these three-day-a-week three TPTs. Uh, you, you talked about somebody losing their pensions and health care. Well, two years ago, the Teamsters were fighting, Central State Teamsters were fighting the keep their pensions and health care. I was a part of that because I have an uncle who has retired, who's a member, and has Parkinson's and 
Alzheimer's. Well, that ugly pops set up again this week. Uh, he got a, a letter from Teamsters saying they're going after his health care and pension once again. The last time we won because we had a uh, treasury representative um, help help the central states defeat it. So I don't know if that same person is in office since the 2016 election, but he was a very vital part in those members keeping their health care and pensions. It's just just amazing to me how these people across the world are losing their pensions and health care at the same time. Um, it's not a good thing, people. We need to stand up sooner or later together and fight these issues. Um, that's what I have now, anyway. Um, two messages okay. I wanted uh, to get out. Jeff, uh, is, is there... Uh, I should finish that thread before um, uh, we go on to the the other part. There's more the, before you get into your report from you that I believe you have for us. Uh, but the temporaries are overpaying. It's reported that they're overpaying. Uh, you know, we can only go by what's reported to us until we see a pay stub and and uh, uh, you know. Uh, reconcile that with the UAW Constitution. And let's remind everybody that the Ruther Caucus demanded the language that's in, that was changed in the Constitution this past time to increase the wages or the, the membership fee dues. Okay? They demanded that, the percentage of wages for the membership dues. And now they don't want to live by it. Okay, and that's just too damn bad. You know, it's brought it's my my understanding that it was brought to Norwood Jewel's attention. And everybody on the staff said, Oh, we'll have to fix that. And then it came to his attention, he says, No, leave it the way it is. And we talked about this last week in during your report, Jeff, that the international benefits greatly by receiving 50% of temporary dues. So they get a lot of money, especially when we're talking, you know, 20% and greater temporary employees at the Detroit 3. And that's just simply wrong <laughs> to start with. But in addition to overpaying, there are temporaries who, for whatever reason, don't get their three days in each week. And then they don't get their 40 hours in during the month. You see, you have to work 40 hours during the month as a UAW member in order to pay dues. And if you don't work 40 hours, you don't have to pay dues. But the corporations conveniently are re uh, oftentimes taking dues out even though you didn't work 40 hours. And then, if you don't catch it, it stays. And if it goes too long, they tell you, oh, 
you you've waited too long to have us refund that to you. And that's interesting because we have another facility in our great union that has some uh, 30 workers that they're asking for thousands of dollars from. So they can't get it back after a certain period if they overpaid, but if you underpaid it because of the corporation not taking it out, they'll go back forever on you. Now, something's wrong in Denmark here, brothers and sisters. You can't have it both ways. You can't have it a look-back period of, you know, let's say, whatever brief time that they're being told is temporary they can't recover their money, and yet and still seniority employees who they've forgotten to take it out of, they look back forever. So look back period has to be the same for recovery or reimbursement. And that's an administration problem at the very highest level because Norwood Jewell ruled on this one. and he's a, He was the vice president of FCA, Department of UAW. So that leadership that's making these decisions that doesn't know how to administer the Constitution properly or the look-back period for recovery or reimbursement needs to change. They don't know what they're doing. So, yeah, see, Jeff, there's a, there's a lot to that dues thing. Yeah, they're not they're not allowed if they they take it if they're not you know working the forty hours they're taking the money out of them. That's don't you think that's just horrible? That's disgraceful. Yeah, change. Pathetic, absolutely pathetic. And then if you know some of these people owe a lot of money, you know, but do they really owe it? Because the look back period is not supposed to be that long. I just can't. I've been I've been looking. And have other people looking to find the either the administrative uh, letters from the president's office, case law, or whatever authority they're saying that they only have a brief look back period for the temporaries to recover overpayment, because that same look back period would apply to underpayment, whatever it is. But more importantly, they shouldn't be doing it in either case. The company ought to be doing checkoff properly. And if they're not doing it, it's their responsibility, the companies, because they signed off on doing checkoff. So it's part of the, con the, the contracts. So I haven't said that. Um, Jeff, you know, that, that person, that member was hurt in your plant. Do you have anything? Um, I've uh, been looking around a couple of websites that aren't Facebook posts. Um, no one knows anything solid. Well, what we do know is her leg got caught in a what they call a moon buggy and it drug her down the line. No one knows um, what her condition is right now from what I can tell. Nothing that I can hang my hat on. Um, 
a lot of speculation, but nothing provable. I will look into it tomorrow when I return to work. Um, from what I can tell, they did not send any, anybody home. Because when I walked out at, after 10 hours on Friday morning, um, that was the same morning the young lady got hurt. The parking lot was full of cars. Um, so I don't know if the line went back up. They didn't send anybody home in that, that area. Uh, I'm still looking for information, anyway. Okay. Well, as soon as you have some, let us know because, you know, that, that's a major concern. I don't know exactly what happened, but I understand it's a pretty serious accident. So, um, you, you know, I... Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, as you, I'm, I'm doing some math here for some folks uh, on, on that issue. Uh, let's see if we can come up with I don't think that's going to help in any way, so we'll, uh, we'll let that go. B, BC, I, I see your post, and uh, we're well aware of that, but still, uh, regardless of the amount of dues, if you don't work 40 hours, you're not subject to pay it, okay? And we appreciate that, BC. We're all over this, brother. Uh, so uh, just know we're listening to you as much as you folks listen to us. And we're all over this, brother. Uh, and you're going to like what you see during the week come out. I promise you, you're going to like seeing what you see coming out this week. Uh, and uh, this is part of the report tonight, and you'll you'll hear a little more about that. Um, so, I just know that we're we're paying attention here, but a great deal. This is wrong. It's wrong as rain, and it's going to stop. It's just simply going to stop. Okay. We need your help, but we can stop it. Okay. Thank you for your. Nice, kind post there. We we get it. We really do. Uh, so uh, thanks again. That was from BC. Well, I'm not going to put anybody's name out, but uh, thanks. Much appreciated. So, Jeff, if uh, uh, there's, you know, in your uh, Constitution series, um, there's a couple things that we should probably go over and recap a little bit. Uh, you made a post on our page about 22 and 25 uh, of uh, the, what is it, Article 13, Section yes. 22 and 25. You want to go over yes. those again, Jeff? I mean, the people are just, I'm telling you, we, uh, brother, you did a nice job of bringing this up last week. You got kudos, and I'm telling you, all kinds of kudos. So you, you uh, and you got them from me, too, by the way, so. Uh, and uh, I was just grinning from ear to ear all week long over this one. But if you want to uh, recap that before you go into your others, and then there's a couple there in Article 10 that we probably uh, I'd ask you to recover or recap those as well, if you would, please. But uh, let's let's recap that before you go into this week's portion, if you would. Okay, uh, Article 13, Section 22. Uh, 
the international secretary treasurer shall issue a standard work permit card shall be furnished to local unions at cost. Such work permit shall be canceled or renewal with new 30 days following the date contained thereon. The charge for such each work permit or renewal by the local union shall be not less than the amount of the monthly due set by the local union, one half of which shall be paid to the international union. It, should, it shall be left to the discretion of the local union to determine the duration of the period for which the work permits are issued. In no case, however, shall work permits be issued to any worker for a period no more than three consecutive months. International Executive Board members. That's 22. Right. Okay, well, let's everybody keep that in mind now. That's a work permit, okay? that That's a work permit card. It's issued to people other than seniority members, okay? Those are the, for those of us old enough to remember summertime replacement health that would start at the, you know, the end of the uh, college year, Maybe they'd take a couple of weeks, you know, themselves to themselves vacation, and then they'd start in the plant or the facility and work their 90 days, three months, if you would, uh, on into uh, just before Labor Day or week after Labor Day. Sometimes they would come in staggered. Some would start as soon as their spring or as soon as their the uh, spring break started the end of their, their semester, and they'd leave a little early in mid-August or so. Uh, others would start uh, uh, later uh, and then finish up right after Labor Day, uh, but in no case more than 90 days. Uh, or I think it's actually they can get uh, 92 days, uh, but three, three consecutive months. So... Uh, and that would start from the date that they they uh, began, three consecutive months from that day. So, having said that, uh, that's that's something to keep in mind. That's language in the Constitution that applies to all people receiving a work permit. And a work permit, as we understand it, is a document. And in case you missed last week, especially, we're going over this for you. Uh, is a document, a membership card, that gives you, uh, a, a, not you, but a member, or it gives a person, I want to be clear with this, gives a person the right to work in our plant alongside of regular members for a period of no longer than three consecutive months. Interesting stuff, huh? Okay, now, just keep that one in mind as we go, and Jeff uh, covers... Section 25 now. Go ahead, Jeff. Section 25. The International Executive Board member shall examine all contracts negotiated with his or her regions before they are signed and submitted to the International Executive Board with his or her recommendation. Negotiation disputes with the bargaining committees, however possible, act to obtain affordable registration for labor and work for the general welfare of the membership. I can tell you there's um, 
a couple plans out there. Mine is one of them that still does not have a 2015 local agreement. Word on the floor is that the international went down to plant, talked to the HR department, and told them not to negotiate with our current chairman. That's just what I've heard through the grapevine. Um, but for this time, two years, something's gone awry in negotiations. Mm-hmm. So I got uh, yeah, I I believe it was Gettlefinger that said, and uh, Bob King uh, concurred uh, that they said they see no no need in the future for local agreements. You know, and quite frankly, that violates federal law. It says the local, and I think we had this issue come up a couple of weeks ago. And I know it came up about a year and a half ago at your local, whereby the local elects, local union elects, and I, just, I put this out in a, in a, it was a JPEG, but I, I copied it off of the federal law. The local union elects officials, and they are the exclusive bargaining agent, exclusive bargaining agent for the local union, period. End of story. Nothing can be negotiated. This We brought that out during the Lordstown issue. The international has no authority to negotiate on behalf of the local union by and through itself. Everything originates at the local union. Everything. And everything inside a local union originates by and through the membership and must be ratified by and through the membership. Now we've come up with these recent things in the last couple, three decades, memorandum of understanding. And that seems to circumvent a lot of the approval rates uh, and uh, authorities from the local union membership. But just remember that chairperson is always held account, always held account in one way or another. Okay, so keep that in mind. You're not hearing, by the way, you're not hearing this from the other people raising their hand wanting to lead you, by the way. Okay? They're just not not into this. It's Well, it's just not part of who they are. And here it is. Jeff is a long time, long time negotiating, bargaining member. I have experience in every position except a couple of standing committees. I wasn't on the women's committee. I wasn't on community services. I was on community action, chaired it, and rose to cap coordinator for a region. So just, just as... You know, we're we're saying some of these things. Now, you know, having said all of that, that the local union must negotiate these things because the international can't. But Section 25 is real clear in the Constitution. Let's stay with that. Okay. The International Executive Board 
approves everything, every contract. And if a contract occurs inside of a region, region international executive board member has to give a written, before they're signed, give a written recommendation to the international executive board for its approval. Okay? Keep that in mind as you sort of intertwine that with Section 22. And I guarantee you, you are going to like next week. I guarantee you, you're going to like next week. So, having said that, um, there's a couple other sections that I covered, uh, you know, and so, uh, Brother posted, and I commented on his post, uh, dear dear friend and uh, dear, dear brother, and uh, I think that was Section 10, uh, as I recall, maybe it was Section 12. Uh, no, Section 10 um, has to do with a number of things, sections. Do you want to go over these again, Jeff? Do you remember what they are? Are we talking about Article 13 still? Uh, no, this is our, we're back in Article 10 now. Article 10. Mm-hmm. Article 10, I think it's... Uh, Article 10, I think 7 was one of them. Um, 8 doesn't apply that I know of. 9 would apply. If you want to start with 7, then I think 12 uh, is the one we're looking for as well, so. Okay, Section 7. No member of any local union shall be eligible to hold any elective or appointed position in this international union or any local union in this international union if he, she is a member or a subservient to a political organization such as the communist, fascist, or Nazi organizations which owes its alliance to any government other than the United States or Canada, directly or indirectly. That's seven. Okay, that says directly or indirectly, right? That's correct. Okay. That's okay. Correct. Okay. Um, and then uh, nine. Nine is. Uh, I don't. I don't believe that eight. Although eight could. Uh, you want to go over eight too? Just these are some sure. reasons why people can't. Uh, be members or uh, be elected office. Okay, eight would be a good one. Eight. No member of any local union shall be eligible to hold any elective or appointed position in the international union or by local union if he and she is permanently engaged in the promotion, implementation, furtherance, or support of other organization, workplaces, rackets, such as numbers bookkeeping, etc. That's eight. 
Okay. Um, Course 9 deals nine. with how you deal with eight, 7 and 8. Yep. 9, the acceptance of an elective or appointed officer or position of a, of a nomination to an elective office or position by any member was ineligible under Section 7, 8, or 8 of this article is an offense against the union punishable by a penalty up into the inclusion expulsion. That's nine. Yeah, that's nine. Okay. Wow. Expulsion, up into an inclu- including expulsion, if you're eight, yes. seven, or eight. Mm-hmm. That's what nine says. Wow. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then ten uh, is in violation of nine of this article. It shall be made and the accused member shall be tried according to the appropriate provisions of Articles 30 and 31, resignations from an elected office or appointed position or withdrawal of candidacy of any member charged with a violation of nine shall not require the dismissal of such charges. So that's another way that they're dealing with all of that. Uh, And then 11, uh, upon conviction of a member by a trial committee, of a local union or by international union trial commission committee of violation of section nine of this article any elective or appointed office or position then held by such member shall be automatically vacated regardless of any other penalty imposed okay that's 11 on how that deals with uh, article uh, 30 and 31 uh, that as well. So, uh, so. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That that deals with Article Nine, and of course, then Ten deals with that uh, Article Thirty-One and Thirty-Nine as that uh, flows through. And then um, Section Twelve. You want to read that down to uh, about the where the uh, eight, well, read it, read it down a little farther if you want, Jeff. You know, if, close out where you think it's appropriate because you don't have to go to the whole thing but it's it's worth reading a little bit of that if you would please section 12 no member of any local union shall be eligible to hold or seek any elective or appointed position in the international union or any local union if he she is firmly engaged in the promotion implementation further furtherance or support of any other union a collective bargaining group and the purpose of it, or attending of subplanning the international or any other subordinate body hereof as it's recognized a collective bargaining agent. Efforts to decertify the international union or any subordinate body thereof as the recognized collective bargaining agent or aiding and abetting an employer or another union that tore Organization drives by the UAW become bargaining agents. Um, that's I think that will lead off, end off. Okay. So you can't you can't try to uh, supplant the UAW bargaining uh, effort uh, essentially, and that's and it covers everything: the promotion, implementation, furtherance, support of any other union or collective bargaining group with the purpose or intent of 
supplanting the international union or subordinate body thereof. So that's these are all really good things to keep in mind as you talk to your delegates and we encourage you to talk to your delegates about who they should be voting for or not voting for. We encourage you to do that. And you're going to have reason, more reason, soon to go and do that, to talk to your delegates. And do that in mass, not just go by yourself. Take three or four of your friends or five or ten or twenty. And you go look that delegate dead in the eye. Tell them in no uncertain terms, if you do this, life's going to be miserable when you come back from that convention. And you say it like you mean it, and they'll get it. They'll get it. Loud and clear. I see the switchboard's filling up even further now. Thank you for everybody coming in and listening this evening. Really appreciate that. I'll wait for Jeff to get a little glass of water so he can finish the, this week's part of his constitutional series. And if it's anything like last week's, holy cow, Jeff. <laughs> you want to... Well, there's only five, yeah, there's only five sections in, in this Article 14. Hopefully I can do okay. it. Well, whatever you feel comfortable doing. You know, I mean, I, okay. uh, I trust what you feel like you want to do. So, okay. Well, go ahead, brother. Article 14, International Representatives, Section 1. International representatives or temporary organizers, commissions shall be approved and signed by the international president and shall be countersigned by the international secretary treasurer and be subject to the approval of the executive, international executive board. Section 2. International representatives or temporary organizers shall work under the jurisdictions of the international president, subject to the approval of the international executive board, and under the direct supervision of the international executive board member of each region to which he, she is assigned unless otherwise commissioned. Section 3. No person can be appointed to the international an international representative unless he or she is a member in continuous good standing of the International Union for a period of one year. Temporary or part-time organizers must be UAW members, but need not necessarily have been in continuous good standing for one year. Section 4. Appointed international representatives or temporary organizers may be removed by the international president subject to the approval of the International Executive Board. Section 5, the international representative or temporary organizer shall not, while holding such position, be eligible as a candidate for or hold any elected office or position in the local union. But, but an elected official may be appointed to act as an international representative or temporary organizer on a part-time basis for parts of the day or for full-time, for full days not to exceed 180 days in any calendar year 
an international representative or temporary organizer, shall be eligible as a candidate for an elective office in the International Union. That's it. That's the five sections in Article 14. Okay. Uh, do you have any uh, comments on that, Jeff? Beyond what um, just what it This bit brings me up to the idea of uh, one of our international vice presidents, um, how she became an international VP. And, of course, I'm talking about Miss Cindy Estrada. Um, I don't know much about her. I know you know more about her than I do. Like, she never worked in a plant, from what I understand. I know there's a lot of people complaining about her. She's been in the news a lot lately. There's nothing I can think of. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, it's true that she's uh, been in the press a lot lately. Uh, So... uh, Okay. Uh, six. Uh, so let me um, just say you know you had it. Uh, that's that concludes Article 14, and you've done an amazing job on this so far, Jeff. Just just absolutely amazing. But, by the way, I, I get a little distracted sometimes when I'm running the show because, and I apologize because there's a lot going on. I, you know, I'm getting messages and things uh, as the show goes on, and we try to be courteous to everybody as that. Those things happen at the same time. Uh, give you a good good report here on the uh, the show. So, but Jeff, you're doing a, an amazing job with this, uh, and uh, uh, you know people are really. I can't tell you the stuff that was written. I mean, just so much to report to you and the, to the listeners. And thank you, listeners, for writing in and commenting on this. I mean, literally hundreds of you. And uh, we we really appreciate that outpouring. But it's also, you know, we hear that you're you're screaming at the top of your lungs for help, and you know, we're willing to help you. But we need your help too, and you know, I think you know how to do that now. You have a few people in your local union that have been elected delegates, and by you know the delegate elections. Uh, as I know them, are I'm completed now. So you know who to go talk to, and you you're given being given what to say. Okay, it's beyond our capacity to know if there are more international executive board members re- receiving additional remuneration or have received additional remuneration from other labor entities like this LETC in Region 9 that Dennis Williams benefited some over $30,000 from in the year 2012 and just under 30000 in the year 2011, as we reported two weeks ago in the show, and those documents are on our page. So you can verify that when you go talk to these people. Just print them out, staple them together, hand them to them and say, look, this got to stop. These people don't care about us. And why are they getting this? And how are they getting it? 
and you listen to that show, and you'll be able to ask even more questions about where the money came from, where it truly came from. Nobody knows for sure. The FBI has the capacity to go find it. That's up to them. But do you want to return a bunch of people that might be in jail before it's all said and done? That possibility exists. Don't forget. Don't forget. The international UAW stuck up for a confirmed barred member who was a convicted narcotics felon over three good members trying to keep our union free from corruption in violation of federal laws. So, and from federal laws, violation of federal law. So, there's a lot going on at their level that's not real pretty or good that we can point to. We talked about Article th- earlier. We talked about Article 30 and 31. You know, I, I can't think of anybody right now that's more familiar with Article 31 than Jeff Brown. And things that can be done to a good member just for trying to do the right thing. And upheld by the International Union. Public Review Board looked at international representatives and their legal staff and asked them, admonished them, you're running this union and you allowed this to happen. He said that in disgust of the people running the union. And these are well-established, well-established legal professionals who teach law, some of whom are deans of law schools. Last I looked them up, they were all deans of law schools, but I might have changed one or two since I looked them up. No, they're still deans of law schools. I checked it out. All four of them are deans of law schools. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. It's worth reading that document that they had before them to come to that conclusion. I shouldn't say that document. Those series of documents that led them to that conclusion. So, uh, anything else on your report, Jeff? I mean, we, I, I just, the Constitution is an amazing thing, you know, and you're doing such a good job. Do you have anything else on, on your end there? No, I don't, Leroy. Okay. Well, uh, I want to, for my report, I want to talk about, uh, a couple of things. Um, Cindy Strada has been, into plants, reportedly into plants recently. I'm not hearing the others so much into plants, but she has been. She's had a town hall meeting last fall at Local 774. Yeah. And she didn't show up. 
She sent staff and international, regional directors and international staff from her office, but she didn't show. She went through there a week or so ago, walked through the plant itself. And that was an interesting makeup of who she walked with. There's three delegates, and she walked with all three of the delegates to the Constitutional Convention, side by side. Again, we don't know if they were on the clock for the company, being paid by the union, or simply no lost time off for union business, which would be okay as long as they weren't being paid. If they're being paid by the company or the union to walk through as she campaigns, it's real questionable as to whether those are dues dollars being used to campaign. Other people will have to talk about that. The other person that was with her was the election committee chair. And there happens to be an election committee appeal at that local union due to the fact that they had campaign literature for those three close to the voting polls, those three winners. And that's certainly a violation of the election code. So that certainly has an ethics violation that appears to be reasonable people would appear to be uh, problematic. So uh, there, you know, being I'm kind of making sure I'm real careful with the words I'm using here because I don't want to be accusing anybody of anything, but rather laying it out just how it is. What do reasonable people think about this? And does it appear to be a violation of ethics, or is it campaigning? And those are for other authorities to determine, and they're going to be determining them. She was in Lockport recently in Lockport, New York, sister Vice President Cindy Estrada of the International Union. And she was there. She's hardly been in a plant her whole life. In fact, she was at Spring Hill here a month or so ago, and the people didn't even know it until she'd left because she was came under the cloak of secrecy and left under the cloak of secrecy and supposedly to try and help get a local union agreement. That was turned down by the skilled tradespeople. So um, that's still pending. So she's she's in the plant now. She haven't seen or heard from her in years. She never worked in a plant, so she got to be real careful 
how she handles herself in a plant because she doesn't know the dangers that exist there firsthand, having worked there, having never worked there, rather. So we know that one plant under her leadership has the bargaining committee doing shift preferences and manpower moves only under the leadership of a vice president of the UAW, General Motors Department, could anything happen like that but for a person in that office never having been inside the facility of General Motors? The bargaining committee has no business whatsoever to do manpower or shift preference moves. And the Human Resource Department at this facility, the director, in other words, the personnel director, is laughing all the way to the bargaining table because he knows, because the union now is doing this, that they've been freed from abiding by federal laws regarding EEOC, etc. Because the union's now doing it, and the company has no obligation. And the union only recourse is Article 33. And because of what I said here a couple of weeks ago, regarding the appointments and the shadow government of people beholding to the local union leadership, going to a union meeting and expecting essential justice for an improper manpower move because you're black, Hispanic, female, gay, disabled, take your pick. next to impossible. The, there is no recourse beyond that because the Department of Labor will not get involved in a local union matter even though it's companies bidding. I can tell you this under a working for a living administration no such authority will be allowed any bargaining committee to do should they do that bidding for the corporation they will be held to the highest account available just went over a few of those. There's more in the federal law. Cindy Estrada allowed that to happen. She has no business 
in leadership of the UAW whatsoever. None. She does not understand the business of labor and needs to be removed from that job, elected position. Local 686 from Lockport. Thank you. Thank you. Um, because you posted her resume. You said, look at her bio on the you're posting for the, and we have it screenshotted, so don't try and change it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Union dues dollars were used to make that posting on your website for the purposes of her campaigning in the plant during this period. Look back within 45 days of the convention any reasonable person would say that's campaigning in our opinion I want to make sure that I have this one oh yes yes and now the uh, um, company and the union can change the contract at any time without the membership voting on it. Um, you have the question. That's that's a question. Somebody's <laughs> bothering me here in the middle of the night, and they're simply not going to get an answer. But uh, the, uh, uh, the question of the company and the union uh, changing the contract at will, uh, that's been asked uh, me to re, uh, go into that a little more. By MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, they can change just about anything at the local union level. And that's why I said uh, in the posting during the uh, combining uh, or when this uh, competitive agreement language came out at one of the facilities, I posted, you better be careful who you elect chairperson, because that chairperson has the authority on your behalf to sign what's called a Memorandum of Understanding, MOU. That can change the contract in any way during the contract year. And that becomes part and parcel of how things are, are done at your local union. Okay, so I hope that helps that uh, that person, uh, Ray. I want to give you uh, at least a little bit of understanding that you, you know your question got through to us, uh, and we have third parties filtering all this stuff, making sure they feed it into us. So much appreciated for all our our friends and staff around the nation, and uh, for your question, Ray. I hope that. Uh, uh, explains 
why that's there. Uh, the, I don't, I'm trying to read it at the same time, but why even have it? Well, it's it's been there for, I'm guessing, my knowledge is about 25 years-ish memorandum of understanding. So, um, like I said, it's been around a while. It hasn't been abused, uh, you know, in the in its infancy. But lately, there are things going on that simply make you shake your head and go, hmm. Uh, so I I really uh, want to uh, uh, let you know you got to be careful about those things, and we need to address the whole idea of memorandum of understanding, even in existence, because that makes the contract a life, a living contract. And while there are some advantages, there are great disadvantages if you have somebody that's untrustworthy as your leader. So we would lean toward not having a living agreement. That's what they were traditionally, no living agreements. And in the national agreements that we covered extensively on the other radio show, uh, Scott Shingledecker, myself, and Jeff Brown covered extensively on the other radio show again. And we brought out the, the notion of GMS, for example, and the other, I don't know what the acronyms at the top of my recall right now are for Ford and Chrysler, but they also provide for committees at the international level that decide uh, the agreement during the agreement. They can change it during the life of the agreement. And that's just something that's not good, just so you know, uh, because they're never ratified by the members, okay? Just not. And that violates federal law. I mean, the the, there was only one protest, one serious protest that went to the public review board of the 2015 uh, series of contracts for the Detroit Three. I wrote it. I wrote all the appeals clear to the public review board, and it was not picked up at Ford and Chrysler. We identified the problem after the Chrysler agreement, so it was available for, for GM and Ford. It was never picked up at the Ford by anybody, and it was only picked up at GM by a few. Some, the local union, in my case, the local union just ignored it, my own local union. One was a little untimely, according to them. We're not sure about that. And two others got picked up, one at 652, and one at 598 local unions. I'm sorry, one, one at 659 in Flint and one at 598, and I shepherded both of those up and wrote the appeals for one, all of the appeals for one, and helped assisted in the other one. Public Review Board ruled against us. But there were a lot of reasons to overturn or protest the 2015 contracts, one of which is that allowing the international to have the authority to negotiate, to change the agreements at the international level 
violates federal law. As I indicated earlier in this show and in social media in the last couple of weeks, the local union represent, bargaining representative is the exclusive bargainer for the local union. And the international has no authority whatsoever, none, to negotiate on behalf of the local union membership. And we covered the umbrella agreement last week. Even in the umbrella agreements, the local unions through the sub-councils set all of that which is to be negotiated. And they negotiate through local union leaders in the sub-council, National Bargaining Committee by the local unions, and the international has to approve it. And that's the way it is. Now, we know the international has had a lot of input over the years, but their input is been watered down with the interest of the membership and of late it's been brought up the interest of the company by through by and through the international and that's got to change it's just got to change so that's Cindy Estrada that's just one of them one of the 14 we have information about dues dollars being used in this convention, this election cycle for the international. And we are going to submit an appeal as appropriate to the proper authority. Z. Notice plural. We expect that this convention will have to be reheld because of that, okay? When you don't do it right, it's wrong. And when it's wrong, it has to be redone. It's been being done the same way for far too long, and it's been wrong. Past practice doesn't make it right. This time you're going to get held to account. You can't use dues dollars. You want a campaign? Do it the hard way. Raise the money and contact the members buying through your caucus. Don't use dues dollars or the guise of using dues dollars or I mean the guise of having union business and dues dollars, every leadership meeting you had that you haven't had in the past three years but now have them in the last six months is culpable. Other authorities are going to decide that. So that's enough about Cindy Estrada. Temporaries. Let's talk about temporaries. Well, as we morph... Let's talk about what Cindy Estrada says about temporaries. She is null, void, and mute and ambivalent to the exploitation of the temporaries. In all of her travels, 
in all of any of the international union's travels. They are ambivalent to the plight and exploitation of the temporary worker. You, temporary worker, need help. On this show and a previous show, temporary workers have begged for our assistance. Some have wanted to come on the show and have been suggested that you will likely be fired if you do so. Please just let us try and handle this for you from this pulpit venue. Eh, it's not a pulpit, I guess. Some would call it a bully pulpit, but probably not. I will reserve that for men and women of the cloth. But it's certainly a venue that we can address things on. When you're not given a lunch or a break, told to work through them or you get fired, this has been reported to us. Yeah, work through your lunch or your break. You know, back in the 30s, you had to go wash the the boss window at his home or you get fired. I think we've fallen just a little bit short of that this time, but not much. The temporaries are being treated like slaves, told to do the worst jobs, and then have that work standard imposed upon the seniority employees after establishing a work standard with a temporary under threat of discharge. It's wrong. It's going to stop. And one reason it's going to stop is because temporaries aren't supposed to be temporary more than 90 days, 92 at the max. We've heard temporaries paying more dues, dollars, than they're supposed to. That would end under a leadership and administration that actually administered the Constitution properly. We've heard of them not being able to recover overpayments of dues, dollars. We know of at least two members that have been fired that were temporary for being injured on the job and to this date still have not been afforded or awarded workers' compensation as appropriate under the law. And this has gone on for eight months. The abuses of one of us are the abuses of all of us. Make no mistake. We know you've been indoctrinated to stick up for the company as you've been hired in and mind-framed once you've been employed. But it takes courage to make change. And we ask each and every one of you temporary, in progression, 
seniority, legacy, retiree, to stand together, stand up, be courageous, and enact change for the benefit of our union, you the members, and for all to see inside of our country so that they can too stand up to the corporate abuses currently going on in our country. This needs to stop, and it needs to stop now. And it's up to you. It's up to you. You have 36 days to convince your delegates not to return the Ruther Caucus to leadership. You temporaries have the most to gain by going and telling them in mass, don't go one at a time. Two, three, five, ten, twenty of you go look them in the eye, make them uncomfortable. Make them uncomfortable. Yes, it was, brother. The situation was instituted through the Caterpillar in the 90s. GM, Ford, and Chrysler, the FCA, have just parroted what happened there. It's a horrible thing that happened in Region 4. As he says, the breeding ground for greed is where we all are now, and this needs to stop. Just know that you have the ear of this show as well as you have comments. We'll try and get them out there. It's true what you just said, brother. Thank you for that, Robert. We won't use your last name. Lots and lots of input through the week and during the show. And we we thank you, each and every one of you, for listening and for your input and for and knowledge that change will occur if you support us. This is serious. Everybody's livelihood, including those that are non-union members, are at risk and at stake here. We can't live another four years like this. Four years more of this, and there will be no looking back. Here's one for you. We skilled trades voted no, and they're still forcing it on us. I don't know what the answer is. You know, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. You know, and when you have leadership that's tainted with monies from LETCs that they're getting over and above their approved remuneration buying through the Constitution of the UAW, that tainting is likely the cause of 
for much of this abuse of us, the worker. You know, I said it to somebody, um, maybe a few people, uh, in the past couple of weeks. Leadership, corporate, union, government, has come to one thing, and it's all the same. Me, 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 and me. What's in it for me? What can I get out of this system? What can I steal before it collapses? Under Titler's eight cycles of democracy, this is the seven and a half cycle where they steal as much as they can before collapse. And hopefully we're not going to see collapse, but, you know, it's going on like it's going to. It's like the last part of the seventh cycle, and that's posted on our page, Cycles of Democracy, posted on our .com. We'll get it up there again for you. I'll repost it on this post or this this show here. I'll repost it for you. Um, and this whole me, me, me stuff. I mean, how much can I get to my my pension fund through the the executive suite pension fund through the dead peasants insurance. How much extra can I get from an LETC as a union officer? How many, I'm limited as a corporate, as a government elected official from receiving money, but how much can my kids get? You know, take, you know, take a look at the kids of all the Congress people and see all the stuff that they're getting. There's not a Senator that's sitting. That's not a millionaire. And then look at their kids all of a sudden being given partnerships in major real estate entities that are virtually untrackable, unless you know some inside baseball. Grant monies given to friends. You know, they talk about line item veto. Some of these line items you really got to look at. Friends getting hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, friends, right? <laughs> so the me, me, me leadership has to end in our country. We need people that care about Main Street America, not Wall Street America. Wall Street's important, but Main Street is more important, not equally it's more important because without Main Street, without men and women making proper wages, it's all for naught. It's just not even worth anything if we don't have men and women in America making decent money. It's called velocity of money. And it's been going down since 2000 on a 45-degree angle. And it's near a bad position. It needs to stop now. And these concessions brought upon, let's, let's do a subsystems and put 200 people here and 200 people over there making half of what they're supposed to make. That is not going to help velocity of money. 
And until we have union leaders and corporate leaders that understand that, we're in trouble. And it's up to us as union leaders to hold them to account and educate corporate leaders on the error of their ways. All we've ever asked for is their ear so we can tell them. Cindy Estrada said, oh, we need a seat at the table. Sister, (laughs) we've always had a seat at the table. The day the Wagner Act got passed in February 11, 1937, we got a seat at the table. We got a seat at the table then. That's when we got our seat at the table. We've had it. Corporate America has to deal with us. They have to reckon with us as a union. And if you don't understand that, sister, you don't deserve even having been there for the last eight years, let alone trying to get it again. We have a seat at the table. You have not been using it. Somebody wrote to me this past weekend, the last couple of days, how disgusted they were. How disgusted they were that somebody even think that we should have to have a seat at the table. And I can't tell you how much I agreed with that person. You know? Yeah. He knows who he is. RP, you know who I'm talking to. You brought it up. Yeah. We got a seat at the table. It hasn't been being used in its proper manner, though. And it's about to become used in its proper manner. And you're hearing this on this show and nowhere else. So you need to start thinking about all of your options. All of you. Tier twos? Tiers are against the law. And we'll enforce the law. We'll enforce the Constitution for the temporaries, and we'll begin this week. I'm waiting for one more leadership member to give an answer. And when that comes in, we'll go forward. And I expect it to be in the affirmative. Because as I said last week, we'll pull. There's two things we're pulling. One of them is, for the, for the rest of the country, people working three and four jobs, we talked about it last week, where we affect the uh, Fair Labor Standards Act of 1937. i got to check and see if anybody's got their hand raised. Uh, no. Uh, so uh, we affect that and begin to ask leaders in Congress, to change three words, add three words, where you get overtime for 40 hours, after 40 hours. And we want three words. We're still polling it, but we're, we're thinking we'll get this. Three words added. Add any job. Those three words. So if you're working 80 hours a week at three different jobs, after 40, you start getting overtime. Time and a half. 
and that's a hell of a lot better than Cindy Estrada's. Let's let's raise minimum wage. We got to have minimum wage raised. Oh yeah, right. Let's get some poor people another ten percent. Most of the companies have have so felt so bad they're already paying you know ten or eleven dollars. A lot of them, except like McDonald's and all the fast food places, they're still down there. Minimum eight and a quarter, I think it is, or eight twenty. Unbelievable. Um, we used to have five dollar lunch. Try and find a five dollar lunch. Nine bucks. Nine bucks. Minimum. Eight seventy five for sandwich at a fast food place with GMO food. Minimum wage going up isn't the answer. Let's stop this needing to work three and four jobs. Overtime for anything over 40 hours at any job will end that. It will effectively give them about a 25% raise, not a 10% raise like Cindy Estrada wants. Let's start wrapping our head around overtime after 40 hours at any job. You heard that here first. Creative union leadership happens on working for a living. Nowhere else that we can determine. Having said that, folks, thanks for listening, all you listeners out there. Jeff, do you have anything to comment on on uh, my report? It got a little long here, but... You know, we're going into the campaign season. By the way, next week's Mother's Day. Typically, we wouldn't have a show, but because of the importance that's come upon us for the first week in June, uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and have a show, and we'll have some good topic for you. So, uh, Jeff, do you have anything to add at all? No, I don't. We really did an excellent job. He's not a Necessary points. Um, this is time to make change, people. If we don't do it now, we won't never do it. So pay attention to what he's saying. It's absolutely true. UAW is the richest union in the world. And change happens when we make it change. We work already, working for a living, with other unions. And we're happy to work with them. Listen to everybody's input. Come to a consensus and implement it and impose it on elected leaders. It's important that we work with the other unions. But because of the command of money that our UAW has, we have larger impact on the overall union presence than most other unions. There are larger unions with your, like Ask Me, for example, and, and we support them. They're in a hell of a battle right now over this Janice versus Ask Me. It's at the Supreme Court. I haven't seen anything new on that yet. 
This is horrible. We start seeing some of these decisions coming out real soon. Um, so, I, uh, I, you know, we need to to lend our support to people. You know, the unions like Ask Me and Pipefitters and all the building trades. We all need better livelihood and more secure pensions and retirement. You know, the market's up 300%. That's just not for our retirement packages. That's for everybody else's retirement packages. And they're talking about taking pensions away again. Why? Who stole the money? You know, so heavy. Just these are questions that you know nobody's been asking. You know, you're hearing them here. Um, so, Jeff, if you don't have anything else, then I guess we'll close her down for tonight. We've gotten you know an hour and ninety minutes, or hour and thirty minutes, a ninety minutes show, so ninety three minutes now. Uh, you have anything else, brother? No, I don't. Okay, thanks to all our listeners around the world. There are many. Thanks to our Friends and listeners in Mexico and in Canada, thanks to our, all of our union and non-union listeners across the United States, especially our own union, local unions, and the international staff that still care about our unions. There are many, and lots of them are in disgust with what's going on. We know that. We know held to some measure regarding all of this, but we also know that you give us our deference to, and thank you for that. People smell blood in the water, and they're not wanting to get crossways with the wrong party. And we're compassionate here. We understand those people that have been held to account and scared to death about getting involved. We do understand it. So having said that, listeners, stay safe. You know, we've had some accidents here in the last week. Please, please be careful at work. It's important. It's important for your family, for you, your friends. Stay safe. Have a good week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks. Good night, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, Jeff. Good night.